we started looking in Oregon really just to get the practice running numbers. Uh, my parents live up there. So we were just trying to look at different markets to compare Georgia and LA and just kind of solidify some of our underwriting skills. And we met an amazing broker up there, a really young guy in his mid twenties, Marcus and Millichap, super hungry, sending us really good deals. And he never really asked us our experience. And it worked out because he, he took us seriously because we were getting back to him seriously with our deals. We were really specific at what kind of buildings we were looking for. When he would send us deals, we'd give him feedback within 48 hours, telling him either we liked it or this is what didn't work with the deal. And so we created a really good relationship right off the back. And we did our first deal, a 12 unit up in Oregon with him. And then after we closed that deal, he just continued to send us really good, strong value add deals. And that's how we got this second deal. Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here's your host, Annette Talee. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Talee, and my guest today is Savannah Arroyo. Welcome, Savannah. Hi, thank you. I'm super stoked to be here. I am super excited to have you. I've been watching you on Instagram and we just met at the uh, Houston conference. Was it Houston? Yes. I'm forgetting. Houston. Yes, Houston. You know, I can remember what I ate yesterday, but uh, for <sighs> those of you who don't know Savannah, the net worth nurse, let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, she is a full-time registered nurse in Los Angeles, California. She uses her skills as a leader in healthcare op operations to manage multifamily syndications. She also helps busy medical professionals create passive income through real estate investing. Savannah uses mindset tools and goal setting to elevate herself within the healthcare system as well as to create real estate business. So Savannah, Tell me, as a nurse, how in the world did you get into real estate? Yes, I. Uh, it's been a journey for sure. I'm originally from Sacramento and I went to nursing school there at Sacramento State University and I got my nursing degree. I worked in a couple of different specialties and a couple of different hospitals and I was just naturally drawn towards leadership positions and I went back to school and got my master's degree in nursing leadership and administration. So right now, and then since then, I've moved down to Los Angeles, California. Right now, I oversee multiple departments at a hospital here in LA. And it was while I was on maternity leave with my second daughter at the beginning of last year that my husband and I just started looking at different ways that we could kind of start investing our money to create some passive income, to have multiple streams of income, just kind of taking with our my daughter and having starting to grow our family a little bit more we realized we didn't want to be working till we were 65 like we wanted some sort of kind of financial freedom and time flexibility and we discovered real estate and saw that we happen by investing in real estate and uh, we originally started investing in single family homes but then shortly after we quickly moved into multifamily and right now we're doing multifamily syndications that is amazing, you know, the way that you grew from, you know, just wanting some passive income to now being active doing um, syndications. That's awesome. The deal. So 
let's talk about the deal. Uh, what deal do you want to talk about? Where is it located and what asset class? I'll talk about our most recent deal that we're closing on this week. Actually, it's a 24 unit up in Oregon and it is a class C property. Um, it's a strong value add opportunity. It was from a broker that gave us our first deal and it's in a market where we have another uh, 12 units. So we already have a team built up and um, yeah. That, that's exciting. So, okay, so let, let's talk a little bit about it. So, um, yeah. Is this going to be a JV or a syndication? So, so we syndicated it out. So, yeah, so we're okay. pretty much. Yeah, we were planning to syndicate it. Um, we came in, it was 1. Um, 1.875 uh, asking price. So we raised um, close to like around 650,000. We have over 150,000 budgeted for repairs and renovations. It needs quite a bit of work, but that's kind of where our, our strong value adds coming from, from doing kind of some of the deferred maintenance and then also implementing a huge water conservation program because the water expenses are just out of control. And um, working with the state of Oregon who uh, rewards landlords for implementing a lot of energy efficient uh, green measures. Uh, so there's a lot of incentive to do that as a landlord there. Um, and that's where a lot of our value adds coming from. That's amazing. That's something to investigate, right? If your state is uh, providing credits or incentives to, to do certain things on your buildings, I'm definitely going to check that out for Florida. Um, so, okay, so let's unpack a little bit of all these amazing things that you're doing. First of all, it is an out-of-state deal for you because you are in California and this is in Oregon. So that's that's mm -hmm. that's cool. So how did you find it? And tell me a little bit about the, this relationship with a broker that, that you mentioned. Yeah, so when we first started looking at single or at multifamily deals in different markets, we started creating relationships with brokers and kind of coming in new when we did our first deal, there was a lot of brokers that were asking for our experience, how many deals we done, how many units we owned. And we uh, were looking primarily in the Atlanta, Georgia market, because that's where our single family homes are. And we really like that market. And then we started looking in Oregon really just to get practice running numbers. Uh, my parents live up there. So we were just trying to look at different markets to compare Georgia and LA and just kind of solidify some of our underwriting skills. And we met an amazing broker up there, a really young guy in his mid twenties, Marcus and Millichap, super hungry, sending us really good deals. And he never really asked us our experience. And it worked out because he he took us seriously because we were getting back to him seriously with our deals. We were really specific at what kind of buildings we were looking for. When he would send us deals, we'd give him feedback within 48 hours, telling him either we liked it or this is what didn't work with the deal. And so we created a really good relationship right off the back. And we did our first deal, a 12 unit up in Oregon with him. And then after we closed that deal, he just continued to send us really good, strong value add deals. And that's how we got this second deal. Um, I, I was saying like, this is so amazing because I was just talking uh, on a on a networking call and we were talking about how to find deals. And one of the things that, you know, a couple of people uh, mentioned is that these awesome relationships that you create with brokers. And especially once you close one deal, they know that you can close, they are going to keep sending you the stuff. And that's where you find the off-market deals, right? The, the good deals, because once they hit the market, it's because a couple of people already look at them and they didn't like the deal for some reason. So that, that's awesome. All right. So you found it and how, how, um, how did you finance it? 
yeah, we ended up going with a local credit union. Uh, they gave us really awesome terms, uh, five-year, 30-year amortization. I think it was 3.6 and um, no prepayment penalty, which was awesome because we plan to sell it at three years. So we just created a really good relationship with that lender and um, continue to do subsequent deals with them as well. So how, how did you create this relationship? What, because this uh, for this property, um, well, you I guess for this one, you already had a little bit of experience, right? You had done already the, the 12 units, but how did you create this relationship with, with the bank? Yeah, so especially after doing that first deal, so I found out that credit unions, it's really a federal law that 51% ownership has to sign on the loan for the, for the bank. And for us, that was kind of, um, a surprise. We didn't really know that, uh, especially on our first deal until we were like in that final week of close. But because my husband and I invested so much in the deal, we just had one of our uh, limited partner investors sign on the deal with us and we gave them a piece of the GP. And that's kind of how we made that work. So then moving forward in our subsequent deals with the local credit union, um, they, when we went to go do the second deal, they were kind of like, Hey, like, how are you guys structuring these deals? Like, maybe you guys can tell us a little bit more about your business so we can kind of help you guys push these through. Um, because it's important for them to kind of understand what you're doing, especially if you're syndicating, if you're syndicating with family and friends, it's helpful for them to know how you're structuring it, where you're getting the money. It gives them a little bit more insight into how you're taking down these deals. And so for that second one, when we're raising over 675,000, we um, had to have, again, 51% ownership on the loan. So we, at this point for this deal, we had a couple LPs that were looking to get into the multifamily space. They wanted to get GP experience. And now we're, and there are people I've met through like meetups and different groups and people who are wanting to get into, to get, get into the active side of multifamily investing. And we're giving them a portion of the GP to sign on the loan with us. So it's really just a win-win in terms of them now getting experience as a GP when they go to do subsequent deals. And then also we're able to do these loans with the local credit union. Absolutely. You know, so very important, you know, that to create these relationships with banks and not only just one, but a couple of them, right? Because sometimes it doesn't work with one, then you can go to the next one. Awesome. Yes. All right. So tell us about the price. What was the listing price or the whisper price and what did you end up buying it for? Yeah, it was um, 1.875. And um, after we went to go do the due diligence, uh, we noticed that the roof had to be repaired. There was a lot of other high-end CapEx expenditure, like the windows and sliding glass doors were all pretty much needing to be replaced. And then it kind of needed a new paint job. So those are really big items. And uh, we were expecting a couple of those things, but not everything. And so we were able to get a $50,000 credit from the seller. So that allows us to kind of replace the roof pretty quickly once we um, get it over. But um, yeah, and then we we did the due diligence and then just kind of budgeted those terms into our, our price and our raise. All right, so you got a price reduction and, and did yes. you get any credit, well, any concessions or just price reduction? Yeah, so even better than a price reduction, we got the credit. So then that allows us, we don't have to raise extra money to get it done. The CapEx expenditures do need mm -hmm. to be fixed. If they would have lowered the price, we would have still had to raise that extra money. But by them giving us a credit, we don't have to raise that extra money. That extra money is coming from the seller themselves, and we can kind of take care of those items right away. Yeah, that's amazing. So this was a seller concession then. And so you basically got money at closing. 
Yes. Right. Yeah. So is there a maximum limit? Because I was just looking at that for a deal that I'm doing and, and I, I saw that there were some limits and it depends really of the bank and the amount of the loan. Um, but on the loan that I was looking at, it was like 3% and then there was a, a different, you know, stages and 3%, 6% and then 9%. Um, with a credit union, was there any limit of how much you could get as a seller concession? I'm sure there is. Our um, our lender didn't really go over specific numbers with us. When I told him it was $50,000, he said that was going to be okay. So we didn't really dive into like what the cutoff limit was. But again, it just goes to show that you need to be super transparent and open with your communication with your lender and let them know everything that's going on. Because if you leave some of those uh, those things till last minute till close and say like, Oh, by the way, we're getting a $50,000 credit from the seller. Like those will potentially prevent you from closing the deal. So that's why it's super important to be upfront and open with your communication early on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, totally agree with that. All right. So, um, you had this community bank, you know, ready to finance it. And now how did you fund it? How did you get all these investors to invest, uh, invest with you? Yeah. Um, so really just kind of launching my brand, the net worth nurse has allowed me to connect with a lot of different people and investors. We do have friends, family, coworkers, people that we know in my husband and I's network that were wanting to invest. So um, the raise was really just reaching out to a lot of people that we've had continued conversations with up until this point and throughout the last like six months for years, really, uh, for some of these people. And um, just, I did a webinar presentation, like a quick 30 minute presentation that went over all the numbers and then just scheduling calls um, to follow up with people and then going over really just kind of what to expect with the deal. Um, and overall, yeah, raised 675,000. That is amazing. You know, um, having all these people trust you and, and, and you know, giving you their hard-earned money to invest with you so that you know you are probably been sharing with them your progress with first with your single families and now they are mm -hmm. seeing like you're growing and they're like oh i want to do that as well that is awesome i have a couple of friends that are also in the medical field and and you know that is such a great uh group you know high earners that that you can you mm -hmm. they are in your network so it, it's a, a great way yeah. to, to raise capital um all right so what's the exit strategy for this property yeah, so we plan to sell at five years. Uh, the rents on this building were 16% below market. So we're going to be raising rents over the next five years. And then also, like I said, implementing that water conservation program. So our water expenses were almost double like what our other building is in the area. So we're thinking we could reduce it at least 60% in the water expenses. And like I said, Oregon um, gives us all the fixtures for free. So like the shower heads, the aerators for the faucets, um, energy strips, LED light bulbs. Oregon, when you apply with Energy Trust through their state, they'll send you and you tell them how many units you have, they'll send you all of those fixtures for free. So they send them over to our and our property manager goes in and implements all that. But then on top of that, we're implementing um, the toilets, the water conservation toilets throughout the building and kind of fixing some of the plumbing, plumbing that has some leaks. So that was something that we worked out during our due diligence phase. We had um, so a contractor and a couple other people come and walk the units with us and see what was going on with it so that they could accurately quote us for that. And then we could push it into our underwriting to make sure that we had all that money budgeted 
for so that we could start paying for it when we uh, finally close. And that's amazing. So how do you manage to find your team when you are in California and you're buying in Oregon? You know, because you obviously you're flying there and, you know, but you cannot be there 100% of the time. So how did you find this trusted team that can help you take your business plan to completion? So yeah, definitely referrals. So if we're like working with our broker, we ask them like, hey, do you know really good? property management companies in the area or, and then we ask the property managers, Hey, are there really good contractors that you guys usually work with or do business with and constantly kind of vetting out other people through referrals from good people that you work with. Like we have great relationships with our brokers and we really trust them, uh, their team. So we get a lot of referrals from them. And then it's just a lot of phone interviews. Like we have a list of questions that we ask them and we get really specific on kind of like their experience, their specific experience, like with our specific business plan, which is like overseeing renovations and increasing rents and implementing other value add components to the deal, uh, making sure that they're really familiar with that sort of stuff. And then um, really just seeing how, how good the relationship flows. Like if we have two people that look identical on paper, the same years of experience, the same amount of units under their belt, it really kind of comes down to like who we vibe with more, like whose personality meshes with us because we're going to be doing business with these people for like five plus years. So it's good to have a good relationship and good communication. Like if you can communicate effectively, it's going to make the relationship so much better down the road. Absolutely. Totally agree. That that is amazing. You know, uh, I think investing out of state can be uh, scary for for people that are not doing it right. So you know, being very organized and having a stellar team of people that you can trust makes it so much easier. Productivity hack. All right, so let's talk about your productivity hack. What is that one thing that you have implemented in your business that is taking you to the next level? I'm going to say making lists. And this is something that I learned really out of high school and college of like making goals and setting goals. Like I would always write them down, like the physical practice of writing something down by hand just really makes it resonate in your brain of like working towards it and it becomes more real and tangible. So with setting goals, I'm always writing them down, making lists. Uh, and then when it comes down to even like what we're doing on a regular basis. So like when my husband and I first started investing in real estate, we got super specific on like where we wanted to be in five years. Like that was our vision. So we looked at like, we envisioned like what our perfect day would look like five years from now, what would we be doing? What would we be doing day to day? Like what would our activities and our weekends involve? And we wrote it down, like what it would look like for each of us. And um, then we worked kind of backwards from there, like what it would take at year three to get there, year one. And then we, it really lays out a blueprint of what you need to be doing on a monthly basis to really get to those goals and make sure you're working towards them. So writing them down and making those lists to kind of like reflect on is huge for us. And even like while we're doing our deals, like, so right now we've done three syndication deals in the last six months and we have a whiteboard in our office that has like each 
um, property on it. And then under it has like our to-do items. So we write like the top five things we need to be doing for the deal, whether it's like signing contracts, getting quotes from insurance, following up on a, a rent increase or a vacant unit or a renovation. We have it all listed out under that specific property. And then um, like, cause my husband and I work on the business together. We put an L for Lupe next to the ones that he's working on. And I S for Savannah next to the ones that I'm working on. So we can look at it and see kind of what each other's working on. And then if we accomplish something, we cross it out, but it's a really easy way for us to like, because when you're working on multiple projects at one time, it can be so overwhelming with like all the to-do lists and things you need to prioritize and things you need to get done. And when you have it all listed out, you can quickly see, okay, this is something I can take care of today, or this is something that needs to be done by the end of the week, or this is something that can maybe wait a month for. It's not super urgent. Um, but that's really just how we get super organized with everything we do. That is amazing. So, um, you know, when you are working together, are you both working full time at this point on, on real estate? Yes, we are. We both. Well, no, no, no. We both have full time jobs. I work full time at the hospital as a registered nurse and my husband's a benefits broker. So we have full time jobs during the day and then we uh, hang out with our kids when we get home from work and do that sort of dinner time, bath time, bedtime routine together as a family. And then usually when we put our girls to bed, that's when we're working on real estate stuff. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. Um, because you have to be very organized, right? Like you have a busy, busy schedule, and then you have these power hours that you're, you know, you have to be so organized and your lists are making you, you know, get there. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Expert tips. So now we're to the part of the show where Savannah is going to share with us three expert tips on your health. So take it away. Yes. <laughs> so this is so important for me because I'm constantly asked by people like, how do you get it all done? How are you doing all this? And for me, like my health was first for me. So like getting right and specific on like my health goals and getting that fixed first allows me to have all this energy to do all the other stuff that I do, like real estate and my kids and my full-time job. So for me, like the three things that I make sure that I do every day is definitely meditate in the morning. That's something that I wake up, um, just take 10 minutes. I use an app on my phone, the Calm app. It's so amazing. And I just go downstairs, meditate for 10 minutes, then make my coffee and then get started on the day. And that like really just sets the tone of like how I deal with problems and certain things that come up during the day. It really just like mellows me out and has really overflowed onto all areas of my life, just that daily uh, practice. And then also uh, working out for me, um, I work out right when I get home from work and I do a quick like 20 minute hit workout, high intensity training. And I, it's only 20 minutes. So I can really never make an excuse not to do it. And for me, it kind of like switches modes from like work mode, like nurse Savannah to like mom and then real estate investor. Like that's my transition of like getting a workout in. And then I start my second part of the day. So that's like huge for me to kind of keep up in my daily practice. And then also juicing. I'm just in love with juicing. It has so many health benefits. It really gives me a lot of energy. If I'm feeling 
kind of groggy or um, kind of tired and need to get something done, I'll like chug a huge carrot juice or celery juice. And I swear it'll sometimes give me more energy than coffee. So, and it just, I feel so much better after I drink it. Do you do it yourself or do, do you buy them? I used to juice myself and that is like a whole other commitment. Now I kind of cheat and I buy the huge gallons of um, celery juice and carrot juice from Costco. They have amazing organic brands there and I love them. Okay, good tip because I, you know, I love juicing also, but you know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so much work. Yes. So much work. Totally agree. All right, Savannah, thank you so much for being with us today. And where can people find you if they want to find you online? Yes, the Net Worth Nurse. So you can find me under the Net Worth Nurse on all social media handles. So that's Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm super active on social media. I post a lot of real estate stuff, but occasionally I post super obnoxiously cute pictures of my kids. So you can follow <laughs> me on there of that. And then my website is thenetworthnurse.com. I love connecting with other real estate professionals or people who are interested in real estate. So if anything I said is even remotely interesting, please reach out to me. I would love to connect. Love it. And if you are enjoying this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the channel and to like our uh, Facebook page. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.